Hi, and welcome to NASIO Voices, where we talk all things state IT. I'm Amy Glasscock in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Alex Whitaker in Washington, D.C. Today, we're excited to talk with our number one podcast fan and biggest supporter, Arizona CIO, J.R. Sloan. We're going to talk to J.R. about his state's cloud journey and what he's focusing on for the year ahead. J.R., welcome back to NASIO Voices, and thanks so much for joining us. Well, Amy, thanks for having me. It's great to be back. Yeah, absolutely. So we last had you on in May of 2021, I believe, along with Arizona's former CISO, Tim Bromer. So it's been a while. Tell listeners how long you've been CIO of Arizona and what you were doing before this job. So I uh, took on the role of CIO on an interim basis. Uh, it was in July of 2019 and got the role officially in March of 2020. Prior to that, I had served as the deputy CIO uh, for Arizona under Morgan Reed, who who served as the CIO starting in uh, was October of 2015, and I had been in the deputy CIO role on interim interim basis prior to that. So, going all the way back to the beginning of my career at the state, uh, I had been running the digital government program, which seems uh, I'm sure we'll touch on on that in at least one of our questions this morning. <laughs> But uh, that's that's sort of been my journey through state government. Got it. Um, so speaking of sort of digital governments and everything, um, Arizona has taken a cloud-first approach for several years now. Would love to know how that journey is going, and are you all 100% on the cloud now? So uh, we, we really started that journey in earnest in, say, 2018. We had done some work in, say, 2016, 2017, doing some assessments and really saw the opportunity to uh, to save, we had a there was an assessment that was done by Deloitte for us at the time, and indicated that we could save you know uh, at least thirty million dollars if we just did things better together. We also had uh, the state's primary data center, which was uh, across the street from our offices at the time, uh, was in a building that really was never designed to be a, a data center. We could only ever get one power feed in from our our local uh, utility providers. There were water pipes that were running over the tops of the racks, and uh, it was just a, kind of an aged facility. And, and you know, the estimates that we had received to bring that facility up to any level of maybe tier one-ish was going to be fifteen to a th- fifteen to thirty million dollar investment. Wow! So at the time, uh, we just saw the opportunity. If we're going to invest money, let's invest it uh, towards the future. And, and we definitely saw the future as being. Uh, much, much greater adoption of cloud. We really started our journey and we started with ourselves. And so we said, okay, we're going to exit that data center. We established a presence at a local tier three data center facility, a commercial facility uh, hosted in, in uh, this case, Iron Mountain in Phoenix. Got our presence set up there. <clears throat> As we went through uh, dispositioning everything that was in um, our primary data center, we found that we moved 85% of it was able to uh, move to the cloud uh, in one way, shape, or form. Uh, 5% actually transitioned over to the, the new co-location facility in, in that data center. Um, and we found that the rest of it uh, was actually not needed, and we just turned it off. That was sort of a, you know, I'll say a good wake-up call for us, a good exercise for us to go through, and then a great set of experiences for us to then be able to bring to our, our agency partners as we started walking through that process. Because it was in 2018 that we um, established and put in place our cloud-first uh, policy, which even though it was labeled cloud-first, we really did have, I think, cloud-smart elements built into it. 
we would look to say, can this go to the cloud? Is it ready to go to the cloud? And if it's not, we have a landing zone for you in, in, our, in, our, in our shared data center. But we've also put a process in place that, that started to review uh, those things that went into that landing zone um, on an annual basis and say, well, okay, if it wasn't ready before, is it ready now? Um, in some cases, we were moving uh, equipment that had a useful life cycle still, still available on it, and we would wait until the refresh came up for that, and then we would uh, handle the, the cloud transition. But that, that journey, uh, although it started in 2018, really took until the end of 2022 before we really you know, got to the point where we had closed 90 data centers across the state and had moved more than uh, 2,800 applications to the cloud. So uh, if you ask the question, are we 100% in the cloud? The answer is no. You know, I'm not sure any state will actually get there just to, due to some of the nature of certain things that we have to do as state government uh-huh. um, that, that won't make sense to move to the cloud. Um, but I would say we're probably 85 to 90% in the cloud. Got it. Thank you. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so it's the first day of February today, and 2024 is really just still getting started. So what are some of your priorities for the year ahead? So uh, I'm pleased to say that a lot of my priorities actually do align with uh, NASIO's top 10. Uh, Some of the things I'm working most in or continuing to work on, really, uh, because I didn't just start on these this year, uh, we've been working on the the area of identity, both from a workforce perspective, so within the state, uh, state workers, and really trying to get to a single credential that as a state employee can get you to all the things that you need to get to, both inside your organization and for those enterprise applications as well. Uh, but also looking at the you know citizen constituent client you know side uh, really the public side of, of identity and there's the opportunity that pursuing along with some digital government initiatives which I'll talk about in a, in a moment where we understand that a common identity for our citizens um, is foundational uh, to really making progress on that we've got some uh, great uh, existing investments from a digital identity perspective with our motor vehicle department and uh, look, looking to, to leverage those as we uh, step into that space. And then on the digital government you know, uh, side, I'm excited. I've got a few agencies that have recognized that, that they can we can deliver services better together. Um, this goes back to conversations that started as a result of the pandemic and, and looking at where and how we're collecting information from our, from our, uh, our citizens and, and the clients that we serve uh, but doing it in the same information, but collecting it in different ways and, and different applications. And I think that's probably the story in a lot of states because uh, the way IT tends to grow up if in, in Arizona, we're, we're a federated model. So it grows up in those silos within those organizations. And, and the applications are built to meet the needs of that organization to accomplish their mission and don't always uh, have either have the opportunity or, or maybe it wasn't the right time to think about, well, hey, is there a better enterprise approach that we could do uh, that everyone can leverage? And so um, I'm pleased that that, uh, that opportunity is coming forward in Arizona, and I look forward to being able to take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds really exciting. Um, so you were just in Washington, D.C. for NASIO's annual strategic partners briefing and to meet with uh, federal counterparts about NASIO's 2024 advocacy priorities. Uh, I know I enjoyed those meetings, but tell us your impressions from those visits and what you hope to see from our federal colleagues this year. Uh, well, it was great to great to be able to, to be there and, and participate. And uh, I'll say NASIO as an organization did not disappoint me in any way. <laughs> you know, Glad to hear it. Uh, I, 
Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Alex, I, I mean, you and the staff just always do a tremendous job of, of the planning and coordination. But I'll say beyond that, like, you know, forget that it was well coordinated. It was the meetings we had were, were meaningful meetings, people that, that were engaged. They see NASIO as a, a significant a strategic partner. Uh, they're interested in, in uh, hearing what NASIO has to say because it represents, you know, I think a, a good collective of engaged CIOs and IT leaders and cybersecurity leaders across uh, across the nation. So you know the meetings and getting to getting to sit down, whether it was you know the meetings we had with with CISA or the federal CIO, and the, we also met with the technology office as well, right? We did um, absolutely White House Office of Science and Technology Policy. Fantastic. <laughs> um, getting the together and, and being able to talk with them about you know, the priorities, some of the challenges that we see, and where we can work together. And what, what I was really encouraged by was the, the folks that we're sitting across the table from are really saying, you know, how can we work together and where can we collaborate? And that to me is kind of, you know, I'll say a, a recurring theme of you know, how I try to engage and, and uh, do business in the state of Arizona is to find, find the common ground, find where we can, uh, you know, uh, build things together and, and improve things. So uh, overall, the, the trip was uh, really encouraging from my perspective. Good. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. And uh, just a reminder, folks, if you haven't taken a look yet, NASIO's 2024 federal advocacy priorities are out on our website. That's right. So it feels like everyone is talking about AI right now. Doug and I joke that that's all anybody ever wants to talk to us about. So <laughs> wondering how you are approaching AI and generative AI in Arizona as CIO. Well, if there was an award for being the first person to say AI to me on a given day, you guys would get it. I think it's because <laughs> we're starting early here. Yeah, um, it's your time I, then. <laughs> I, it's one of those things where, yeah, I mean, do we get to go a day anymore? It's sort of like, uh, you know, back during the pandemic, did you go a day without saying the word unprecedented? Right. Now, now we're at a place where do you go a day without saying AI at least once? Mm-hmm. Um you know, in Arizona, uh, really the approach that we're taking is, you know, we want to take a, I think what a lot of states are doing, a responsible approach uh, to AI. We are encouraging our agencies to do experimentation. And so the, the, we recently uh, put out our own policy and procedure. I stood on the shoulders of some of my, you know, state colleagues that, that were early to get their policies out. And I was really thankful uh, for, for, again, the NASIO community that's willing to, to, to share the information, share work that they've done uh, to help us all move ahead faster. Uh, but being able to get those things out and really articulate to my agency partners that, hey, you know, AI is something we see lots of opportunity for. And, and while you hear tons of opportunity, you hear tons of, you know, fear and uncertainty. But what we want to focus on is really the um, the opportunity to experiment and explore together. And really the steps that we're saying is, hey, you know, work with, and in this case, it's usually, you know, our cloud-based partners. We've worked with them to get sandbox environments set up where agencies can engage. They can bring forward, you know, pilots and proofs of concept. And the ask that uh, both myself and, and uh, you know, our CISO, Ryan Murray, we've just said, hey, we want you, before you, try to move something to production, we want to sit down and talk with you about your use case and why it's successful for two reasons. One, I want to be able to talk to all the other uh, folks about a successful use case, um, but then also for us to have that, that checkpoint um, to ensure that we are, uh, you know, I'll say ticking the boxes from a cybersecurity perspective and data privacy perspective, and then moving forward responsibly. 
Um, but we're really trying to say we want to enable this and find out all the ways in which it can benefit us as opposed to, uh, you know, we'll say holding back and, and waiting for, I don't know, something that I, I think it would just the, the opportunity passes us by if we don't get started. Yeah. And that sort of being organized and the governance around it is so important, too. And that's something that we're really emphasizing this year as well. Yeah. So, you know, JR, you are the secretary and treasurer for NASIO's executive committee for this program year. Tell us how long you've been on the EC and why you decided to take a leadership role within the organization. You know, I've been on the EC, I'm going to say three or four years now. And my desire to, to serve on the EC is uh, just seeing what an amazing organization the NASIO is. Frankly, I benefit from getting additional time uh, with other leaders that serve on the EC. They, they grow me. They coach me. They, I, I am mentored whether they know they're doing it or not just by uh, listening to the conversations um, and, and growing in my relationship and, and friendship with many of them. So stepping into uh, the secretary-treasurer role, I'll say, was something that I had aspired to do for, for some time um, is really just continuing on a path of giving, I'll say, uh, giving and serving the organization that has given so much and served me so well. Um, I want to see the organization uh, do well. And if I can contribute to that, then fantastic. I'd, I'd love to do it. Well, we certainly enjoy having you. So, mm-hmm. all right, JR, I, I know as an avid listener of Nasio Voices, you know that you're not getting out of here without answering a few fun questions about your life outside of work in a segment we call The Lightning Round. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. All right. First up, JR, what's your favorite sport to watch? Oh, okay. So folks that know me well know that when you ask me what, you know, how did that game look or did you watch? The answer is probably I didn't. Um, But for the, (laughs) if we talk about what I watch most frequently, um, you know, probably recently it's been, you know, football, could be basketball, unless uh, I have the opportunity to watch, uh, I would say like snowboarding or any kind of downhill ski event. (laughs) Okay. Right. Cool. Cool. All right. So you're an avid winter sports person. I, yeah. No, I, I did that a lot when I was younger, and I still enjoy watching that. All right. I guess Arizona is probably not the best place for that. You'd be surprised. Okay. I'm only about you know you know in, in about two to three hours. Well, I'll say three hours north of Phoenix. There's there's a couple of uh, pretty good ski resorts. Okay. Good to know. All right. Well, yeah. We also ski here in Kentucky, but we have to drive to Indiana, and it's mostly fake snow. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. If you were a baseball player, sorry, these are so sports oriented when really you just want to watch snowboarding. But okay, if you were a baseball player, what would your walk up song be? Well, okay, well, if, we, if this had to do with my quality of my play, uh, it would probably be some kind of blues tune. Um, <laughs> but if I was picking something that I would walk out to, I would choose Gary Clark Jr.'s version of Come Together. Okay. All I right, guess we should wow. have said like Nasio Award Walk Up Song. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. More appropriate. <laughs> well, it's, we'll we'll file that away for when you win your next yeah. award, which I'm sure won't be too long. Yeah. Um, all right, and finally, what's something that people may not know about you? All right, uh, I will say anyone has talked to me for you know maybe uh, you know more deeply. One of the things that um, folks may not know about me is that I. Also uh, serve in leadership at my church, and that's an important part of my life. And I'll say influences, uh, you know, all other parts of my life. And that that idea of serving others and 
seeking to understand their needs and support them in that is kind of, I'll say, core to, to my being and something that I'm really about. So uh, it extends, you know, even into, I'll say, that, that area of my life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Makes that's, sense. That's very cool. Well, JR, thank you so much for sharing all that with us. Our time is up, but we just want to say how much we appreciate your service to NASIO and the EC, uh, as well as your support for the podcast over the years. Well, thank you very much. Uh, you guys are, are awesome to work with. Again, I don't want to miss any chance to give kudos to uh, Doug and the NASIO staff for all the hard work that they do to uh, make this organization uh, such a great thing. And thank you to all of the NASIO you know, participants and members. You guys are, are really upholding a fantastic organization. Um, thanks for all that you do to help us work together to, I think, deliver better government throughout the nation. Well, it truly is our pleasure. Thanks so much, JR. Thanks, JR. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to NASIO Voices. NASIO Voices is a production of the National Association of State Chief Information Officers, or NASIO. Learn more at nasio.org. And if you're a corporate member and are interested in a sponsorship opportunity for our mid-year conference, be aware that sponsorship opens at noon on February 7th. And if you'd like to nominate someone for a Technology Champion Award, nominations must be in by February 14th. If you like this episode, consider taking just a few seconds to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean so much to us. Take your time. We can cut out the awkward silence. Yeah, well, we'll, yeah, we'll definitely cut out the awkward silence. Or, you know, or we could just, you know, we can make this one of the extended version podcasts with, yeah. you know, <laughs> lots of like, oh, it's okay. You know, we're sorry, you're not that interesting. <laughs> 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 it's okay. Oh.